0: What's up? How are you, dude? What's up, dude? Ladies and germs, my next guest needs no intro, Mister Bobby Tarantino, <laughs> Mister Logic. Hey, yo, B Red GZ on the ones and twos coming back for you from the hardcore Malibu, my boy Logic rolling through. Ooh.
1: oh, yo, you know what we should do? I forgot. We yeah. should do a we should do a song. I'm I'm not joking. No, dude. We should do a song called Malibu's Most Blunted, and then you kind of play that character as a joke. Like, it's funny. Yeah. And then we have a smash record, and you get publishing, and it'll be awesome. Dude,
0: (laughs) it's so funny you said it because I have a weed. I have a weed I call Malibu's Most Blunted. I'm trying to sell.
1: Okay, well, there you go.
0: Bro, that'd be dope.
1: Um, It will be because it's going to happen. As long as you're down.
0: I'm down, but you got to... You got to kind of write the
1: guide track and the,
0: some Girl, of the... Easy. We'll write it together. It'll yeah. The bars. Some of the bars come off good and other times I have no bars.
1: Well, it's going to be a blast and we're going to have fun. If you're down to do it, you'll come by the studio. We call it the Beat Mansion, Bobby Boy Mansion. It's where I make all my music these days.
0: Dude, so how are you, man? Thank you for coming. You rolled up.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How am I? I'm good. I'm blessed. I, my baby's healthy. My wife loves me. I love her. You know, I'm making music every day and... You know, just making moves every day, having fun. So, thank you for asking.
0: How old are you? I'm 33. You're 33, and you've been making music for at least 13 years. Probably your whole life, but Yeah,
1: I've been making music since I was 14. Okay. So, almost 20 years. Was that 19 years? Yeah. yeah. 2004. Yeah, so.
0: And where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Maryland. You're from Maryland. You're from, I got a lot of peeps down there. Yeah, Silver sure. Springish.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I came up, not far from there, in a, a town called Gaithersburg. And I was, uh, yeah, it's like a suburb of, of D.C., and we call it the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I grew up there, and that's when I first discovered you. Really? Yeah. Because people don't know, we've never met. Yeah, we have never met. That is weird. We've texted. We've texted. You sent me some nudes, but yeah, we like... Baby, just topless. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you were
0: like, you were like... This is how we met. You said I got a script. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. You did? <laughs> well, no. I I, <laughs> I forgot that that's how we met. Because usually when I speak with someone, yeah, it's very personal. Like, I love it. And it was. It was personal. But I never... Like, I always hate when somebody comes up to you and they go, Hey, what's up? Can you do this thing for me? Like, I don't like that. Nobody... You know what I mean? Yeah, no. So, but th- this was a little different. We were talking. I had just reached out to you because... It was just because. And really? Then, yeah, yeah. I was just like, hey, what's up? And then we were talking, and we were talking about our love of film and scripts and stuff, and then I was like, dude, I have this movie, mm-hmm. and I forgot. And I was like, oh, it's about a homeless comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude.
0: <laughs> Yo, you're profiling. No, not at all. That's fucked up, bro. You said homeless. I'm going to get into that, but you, you sent this, um, this script. The thing about you is that people don't realize that you— You to me, are a person that's just a creative entity, and you're known for rap. Mm -hmm. But you can rap, you can sing, you can do do different things, write books, novels, yeah, stuff, act. You can you can compose music, you can act. You want to
1: act? Yeah,
0: you love comedy. I love it. This is what we talked about. You like you love. You know more about stand up, coat low key than I do. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I think some people don't get it though. Like, like I'll do, I'll do podcasts and I'll do certain shit, and I'll be like really animated and like funny, and they don't realize I'm kind of doing my own Kaufman. <laughs> like, you know, like it's like I'm, I do like a heightened version of myself. Yeah, which is funny because it's especially when you're playing to like a god, a, you know, an incredible comedian. It's like my that's my goal. Like when I met Chappelle for the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta make Chappelle laugh, mm-hmm. and I did. Yeah, I just told him a joke about my dad smoking crack or something like that, and then he, he was like, "Ha ha!" <laughs> and you know, you know how you know it's really funny. Huh? Like if a comedian really thinks it's funny, they go, "Ha, that's funny." Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't let That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because you know what we hear all the time. What was your big break mu- song? Because I know you.
1: Mm. It's funny. One eight hundred. Yeah, one eight hundred. That that's a. That's but I a- knew you before that. See, I'm, w- I've been really lucky to have hit albums. Like, mm-hmm. I had, I've always been an album artist. And, you know, when I f- released my first album, Under Pressure, in 2014, um, I was broke. You know what I mean? Like, I was just trying to make it. And I think a lot of people, you know, Alan Watts said, anything you can be interested in, you'll find others who are. And I just kind of, like, I've, I never really fit in, you know what I mean? Especially being mixed race but looking completely white. And like, all this stuff, like, I never I never really fit in. Um, so I just created kind of my own world, my own planet. Like, I'm rapping about fucking anime and sci-fi shit and, like, all this stuff. Like, that's me, Rubik's Cubes and playing chess. Like, I've always been, I, that's just who I am and I love it. Um And I think there's millions. No, I know there's millions and millions of people that also feel that same way or maybe feel like they don't fit in or this or that. And my my motto has always been peace, love and positivity. And I think that's just another thing that on on a massive scale, like what wasn't really being represented. And then once I did that, um, boom, first album was a success. The second album was a success and sold really great. The third album beat. You know, Chris Stapleton, like, wild. You know what I mean? Yeah, we sold, like, over a quarter million units in the first week. Da, da, da. And then with that third album, that's when the song uh, 1-800 came. And once that came out, because the funny thing is, my whole career I was trying to make hits. Mm-hmm. So I'd be, like, I'd have an album, and the whole album is like, super, like, You know, there's a theme to it and a concept. And then there would always be like one or two songs that didn't really fit in because I was trying to make something like pop or trap or make something for the radio. Mm -hmm. And definitely not at the expense of the art, but definitely like I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I just I didn't do that. So with that being said, it's funny that on the third album, I was like, I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then the song about suicide <laughs> is the suicide prevention is the one that blows me up. You know, nobody was like, "We in the club just about to blow up." Like nobody was thinking that. So
0: yeah, you're like <laughs> dial one
1: eight hundred.
0: Pop those bottles, no. Yeah, no dude. Me. Well, I mean, that's how I always say Stairway to Heaven was mm. made. Wow. Because three, it's like, what do they say? You tell me more than I would know. But three fourteen is like, it used to be for the song. Three minutes and 14 seconds, you know, eight, eight, eight chorus, eight. So it's like basically three verse, th- three fucking choruses or whatever, and then you're done. It's the radio formula. Yeah. And so when you make something like your, like, 1900, it was so unique. It was such a, an amazing song, but yet such a deep message and a helpful song.
1: Yeah, I mean, Congress wrote me a letter, dude, and they were like, it has been proven through data and analysis that your song has saved lives around the world, you know? And I was like, whoa, that's queer. that's really, that's an that's a honor. That's, it's really cool, though, that, that people, that's how people would know me. They know me for being a mental health advocate. They know me for positivity. Because, I mean, after that, then I just went ham, though. Because I was like, oh, 1-800, everybody's looking at me. And then I just started dropping, like, trap songs and pop songs and just, like, yeah. songs with Eminem and songs by myself, songs with Marshmallow, the DJ. Yeah. Like, just going ham and kind of taking advantage of the fact that all these eyes were on me. And uh, and I'm glad I did. So you was that song written because of? Did you feel suicidal? I definitely had my moments. It's funny. I didn't actually feel that way until the song was out and I was performing it everywhere all over the world and people were coming up to me and were like, I tried to kill myself and my brother tried to kill himself and his, my, my sister killed herself and da-da-da and just all this pain everywhere I go, people crying and like, it was really difficult to deal with um, and that's why I look at the people at the Lifeline, you know, the center and I'm like, man, they, they do this every day. Mm -hmm. i i and 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 it was it was really difficult um to deal with for sure and i've had those thoughts um i've never been like i'm gonna do this but but life has definitely had uh has had its uh ups and downs for me but once i learned how to say no my life was a lot a lot better because i would say yes to everything i remember i was at a I got offered a million dollars to go to Australia and headline a festival and perform for forty-five minutes, and I turned it down. And everybody was like, "You're crazy! You're crazy!" Da da da! And I was just like, "No." And this was the year I'd I'd done it. I'd made thirty million dollars, so I was like, I, "No, actually." And I realized there were people in my pocket. And I was like, "I don't want to go. I'm not." And I talked to my therapist, and she was like, "What do you value?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And She says, "Well, do you value the money?" And going to Australia. It's funny because she's actually Australian herself. Yeah. But I was like, do you, do you, she said, do you value that? Or do you value rest and, you know, taking a mental sabbatical? I said, I need that thing. I need to relax. And she goes, well, there's the answer. And anybody else who is upset or angry with you or is trying to make you feel bad, fuck them, fire them. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. And I realized at 28 years old, like, I've been in control this whole time. Whoa. Not to say that the people that I worked with ever made me feel as though I wasn't, um, but I didn't know that I was in control. And once I knew that, everything changed for the better. Dude, that's, that is deep, bro.
0: That's like, thir- wait, so was that your 30 million?
1: Yeah, I made 30 million in 2018, and that changed my whole life.
0: Off of touring, yeah. music, mm-hmm. albums, st- streams, obviously. Yeah and 40 so for me i i totally relate it obviously that's a different level what you're saying but for a million dollars for 45 minutes is a good is a good number, and the fact that you—it's
1: the best number. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's the best number ever. Ah, yo, one million,
1: 45 <laughs> minutes no, in and out. It, it's like be yo, on your yo, shit. Don't be hungover. Yo, Just do your thing. Yeah, yo, I kind of. <laughs> it's the I best was like, number. Man, I
0: won. one
1: million you know, dollars? Yes. Yeah, but are you joking? Yeah, but you know, you I were, give a homeless guy a handjob for a million dollars.
0: Yeah, you were you, what? you were fried, bro. You were fried. I was. It was bad. And what's crazy is I get that uh, on my own life of different level of just uh, trying to please and saying yes too much and feeling like, oh, did I let this person down? So you must have it on a higher level.
1: I had it on a higher level. But now
0: you're now you're more chill. You're definitely chill.
1: Yeah. I, d- I really do trust my managers. You know what I mean? So it's like when they come to me and they kind of fight for something, like I really do hear them. But like after the second time, the third time they bring it up, then I'm like, yo, it like it's not even a fucking discussion. And Did the team change after that? Oh, um, that no, it, yeah. I mean, the team has changed. Yeah, it, it it has, but but in a positive way. There's people. There's plenty of people who've been there since day one. Yeah. There's some people who you know it hasn't lasted. Um, but even that, it's never like I deal with good people. You know, there's only a few assholes that somehow came made it out in the end, and and that was just really sad because it was like people just trying to come at me for money or things like that, people I've known 17 years, you know, and then whatever, which is difficult. And I, don't, I really don't even, I'm not trying to shed light on, on anybody in that in that way, but that was that's always really hard when, for me, it's personal, but for them, it was like you find out it was all about the money the whole time.
0: Yeah, dude, I always tell people fame doesn't change the person. It changes the people around them.
1: Yeah, I think if anything, um, fame, uh, what's the word, it kind of uh, shines a light. Money shines a light on who you really are deep down. Because it's like, if you if you start making all this money and you turn into an asshole, you were an asshole the whole time. You were just broke. You are a broke asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you feel like you have power now because you have money. But it could go like that.
0: Yeah, you just have access to more things. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. If you like fucking eating Skittles, <laughs> then you can buy... Dude, you have great skin. Oh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you, do you <laughs> moisturize? <laughs> Uh, you know what, I use this uh, stuff that's uh, collagen under my eyes wow. every night Yeah,
1: That's amazing I'll
0: show you the bottle later Please do For our skin care line, you can go too <laughs> Power, was it power, positivity, what? Peace, love Peace, positivity. love, positivity So you have a lot going on in your life I do, my you, wife's pregnant Again? Yeah, it's a little boy Already? Um, yeah How many months did you, is she deep?
1: She's almost six months
0: Wow, congratulations, bro. Thanks a this lot. This is going to be your third.
1: That was be my second.
0: Your second, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow, and you uh, you were living, well, I, I don't know if I could tell people, you were living out of state. Yeah. And now, are you still out of state?
1: Yeah, I'm in Oregon.
0: Okay, yeah. all right, so. No,
1: I appreciate that, but yeah, I'm, I'm in Oregon, and then uh, I have, uh, I bought a house here, and I, I mainly, honestly, bought my house here for, um, just because money is the U S dollars just burning due to inflation and just sitting in a, in an account. It's not doing anything. Yeah. So I was like, let me, you know, let me invest in some, in some, in a a property. So dropped a couple M's there. Mm -hmm. You know, I I believe in investment. I think it's important. I actually used to never invest. So when I made that money after taxes and all this, Oh, don't get me started on taxes. I mean, I get 50 tax, 55% of every dollar, but anyway, so you know, make 30 million, you got 14 left. Then you got to pay commissions. Then and you got to da 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 whatever People in your pocket. Exactly. Trying to get you to go to Australia. So I had, so I had, I had that money, and it just sat there for like a year and a half. Like mm-hmm. it just sat. And everyone's like, yo, you got to do this, da-da-da. And I'm like, why are y'all telling me what to do with my money first of all? Well, you know? But there was a few people that really cared about me and knew, and, they, and then they proceeded to educate me. And the reason why I didn't want to move the money into some form of investment is because I have a broke man's mentality. So my whole life I was raised on welfare at Section 8, you know, eating powdered milk, and my roaches had roaches. You know, so it's like, you feel me? <laughs> so I'm like, I, all, that's all I ever knew. And so when I got all this money, I mean, I remember when I when I I got the news and I listened to my account, and it was like, you had $30 million. I was like, oh, my God. Like I had a panic attack because because I beat the game.
0: Yeah, but you knew it was building up, right? It didn't just wake up and was 30, 30 m.
1: No, I woke up and it was 30. Well,
0: it was like 15 am, 18 am. You no, saw, like, the... no. Really? No,
1: yeah. Because so, I, uh, I mean, my first tour ever, I was.
0: How did had, it come in like?
1: I had $1,600 to my name when I went on my first tour. For, no, not my first tour, my first album. Yes. And I bet on myself and I invested money in myself. And then I came back and I was a millionaire. And then through my second um, and third album, it was because of 1 800 and because of the popularity of that album and then me following through with the, the more pop, the more trap songs um, that I did, these kind of more long, long-term deals, publishing deals, long-term touring deals, excuse me, re-upping um, my record deal. So realistically, bro, I think before that check really came in, I probably had like 400 grand. Wow, that's a big jump. <laughs> Exactly. That's a humongous. Mind job. you, I did own the house I was into. So it's like technically yeah. I was worth a couple million dollars. But but once, yeah, uh, it really. It That's really a really high key lottery. lottery. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like
0: it's just because it comes out of nowhere. But you knew you gum- you didn't know the number. You weren't keeping track of it.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, I was thinking about it, but that's why it was so difficult because I'd never had anything that, that when I'm looking at my bank account, I'm like, no, I need to see all the money here because then it's, nobody's taking it from me. And then Mm -hmm. when I was educated that it's like, bro, the world is taking it from you. It's just, it's just burning here. That's when I decided to make an investment in crypto and, you know, um, you know, a couple companies and, and obviously myself, my biggest investment is myself. You know, I pay for my own tours, uh, you know, production costs, all these different things. I think that's super important. And I basically, uh, even with like crypto and stuff, I, you know, just a couple Ms enough to not jump out the window if it all crashes. Mm -hmm. So I leave enough liquid in my various accounts Mm -hmm. to make sure that if anything does happen, I'm still set. But I think it's also very important to, uh, Diversify your funds and 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 invest for sure.
0: I'm so with that. But what's crazy is with the banks right now. Keeping money in the bank is a little scary.
1: Yeah, it's a wild ride. That's why I'm like a good balance. Mm-hmm. I'm, go- you know what I mean. I got like a, a Charizard card worth half a million dollars. A what Pokemon card? Yeah, Charizard. Yeah, I bought this Charizard for 181,000, and everybody on the internet was like, "He's a fucking idiot. Logic's an idiot." And then, like, a year later, it was worth half a million dollars. And that's hidden somewhere? Um, no, I keep it on a chain, and I just wear it all the time. For real? Fuck no. <laughs> that shit is in a safety deposit box with, like, six
0: armed guards. You know what I love about your generation? What? You're, you're, ty- you're, you're a, uh, an insane lyricist. Your bars are fucking just machine guns, Thanks. and yet you're an anime cartoon <laughs> Nerd, is that safe to say? Hell yeah! You're like, but I, you're like a technician. And people, here's what I love: it's like, how can I say this? Because, because whatever you want to say about Yeezy, he's still one of the greatest ever. He's a t- fucking genius. Beyond.
1: I don't agree with some of the shit he be talking about, but he's you Ye- can't take that away from him. Yes,
0: and I t- got to work with him. I did the Cleveland show, mm. and we were on the same app. Oh yeah, yeah, and we rapped, and he just for this cartoon, bro. He would wait and get in the pocket again and again and again and again until he got it. And he was, what I love, I'm like, he's one of the last rappers I can actually hear every fucking word. Wow. Which is how you are, which is how M is. It's like I want to hear what is being said. I was raised on old school i'm raised on epmd i'm raised on houdini you know what i'm saying Yeah,
1: for sure tribe and yes. Black thought and the roots and fucking most deaf yeah yeah 100
0: and woo i mean like so oh, yeah so it's like he but he knew so much about anime so much about cartoons so much about video games so like i'm i just it's fascinating because hip-hop used to be yo son Yo, what's up, man? I'm fucking you want to feel this toast? <laughs> I got the heat. Let me get that toast, son. <laughs> Yo. You know what I mean? It was all gangster, yeah, all street, sure. all yeah, this
1: yeah. my bitch. Yo, here's my rock. See, but I came from that. So my brothers... You did? Yeah, my brothers were in the, in the streets doing some wild shit, busting guns, selling crack, sold crack to our dad. You know what I mean? My story, black father, white mother, um, experienced poverty, uh murders in the household, the craziest shit. My brothers and sisters, you know, being sexually abused, raped. My mother was a prostitute. Like the wildest shit she, you know, she would get sent away to insane asylums. We'd have to fend for ourselves. I'm the only child between my mother and my father, and yet I'm one of nine siblings from each side. I'm the only uh I'm the only child that actually looks white, like is a hundred percent white passing. Like everybody else Looks clearly like you know they, they, they're mixed. I hate to interrupt you. Is that a term white passing? Yeah, it's a term for people like me who could pass for white. I mean, well, it's very, it's Dude. not even a pass. Like, bro, I'm in the end zone. Right?
0: Th- <laughs> you know what saying? Like, you're not on the five, yeah, no. you're doing a touchdown dance, yeah, bro. I actually thought you were Jewish. <laughs> oh, nice, you're like my boy Stu. I thought you were Jewish. Or I thought you were Italian because you love Sinatra, you love Tarantino. Yeah, but that's still white. It is, but it's a different shade of white. Like you know, Jews consider themselves their no, own thing. Sure. Italians no, yeah. consider themselves their own things. Like you're not like a Dockers khaki wearing <laughs> guy that goes to Tommy Bahama. So the f-
1: cr- I didn't even know you were black at all. Yeah, most people don't, and they and they wonder why I talk about it so much because I'm proud. You know what I mean? You're half black. Mm-hmm. I mean, but this is how it comes up. Like, the funny thing is, is I know that some people on the internet like, oh, my God, here he goes again. And number one, I'm like, I could give a shit if you're upset that I'm talking about... Yeah, I've never heard couple. this. But that's what I mean. It's like, everywhere I go, I'll sit down with, you know, a, a really cool person like yourself, and they're like, tell me your story. So then I do. Yeah. But back to what you were initially saying, um, I 1,000% have the exact underdog come up of any rapper, from the hood, from the this, all this other stuff, but I never wanted to perpetuate um, negativity, I never wanted to, you know, yes, I've wrapped up, I've cooked crack, I've shot guns, I've stolen shit, I've done like the wildest stuff, but I've never like put that in my music in a way that was like, yeah son, you wanna hold this toast, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. like I never did that, and I also felt that there wasn't um, a certain representation like when I look at anime and i look at star wars and i look at all this other shit like i like that and i got made fun of for it my whole career and i used to really care like i used to really 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 care and then now i don't know as i think having a child really makes you not give a fuck you know what i'm saying Mm because like even doing like all these podcasts that i've been doing depending on whose podcast i'm doing you'll get a different me Mm. and that's just there's many facets to me so it's like if i'm doing theo Mm-hmm. I might be extra wild and crazy and da-da-da because it's like, I'm once again, it's Kaufman. It's like I'm playing to my audience, mm-hmm. you know? But then I can sit here with you, and it's a little more chill. It's a little mm-hmm. more fun. It's like not fun. I wouldn't say it's more fun. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no slight to Theo. That was a blast. But what I'm saying is a little more just like just feels like I'm talking to a homie. Yeah. You know, not to say that Theo isn't a homie. Yeah. But I'm saying it's like. There's that. And then I could go do Ryan Sickler. And then I could do a Rogan. Mm-hmm. Or and it's kind of like, depending on who you're sitting down with, not that I will act differently, because I'm me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll go wherever, <laughs> babe. okay? And be myself. Okay. And just be funny and wild and whatever. But that's what I mean. Like, even that shit, man. Like, you got to be you, dog. And yeah. I'm a funny guy. Like, it is what it is. It's like. You are funny.
0: Thanks, man. You love comedy. I love it. And I want to get to that, but I want to get back a little For bit sure. in your roots because I had no—do you find that—see, someone like you, right? So it's like my friend Stu, he's like you. He grew up in Toronto. It's a harder part. He got pistol whipped. Oh, shit. And—but he's a big hip-hop head. And what I'm saying is is you you are have such authenticity, mm. but yet you don't front. And that's wild because that's what— the whole, there's a whole front movement in, in hip-hop, and yet you're like, I always tell people that, like, grew up in the hood, don't, you you don't talk anything, like, a, a tradition, like, there's people out here fronting, like, yo, what's up, you know, yeah. that's, that's what B-Rad was kind of based on, although I love B-Rad, B-Rad was based on, yeah, yeah, I don't want to see, I don't want to see ass and Baby Gap no more, like, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you grew up in it, and you're like, hi, how are you, good to see you, but then yeah, you'll spit- sure. Thirty-two bars.
1: I'll code switch too. It just depends. Yes, you, you get a little liquor in me, and you put me around my people, and I'm like, "Hey, what up? What's good, yo?" Yeah, because like also, but well,
0: people don't realize that's you. It is me. That yo. is you. That's what's
1: wild. That's like it's, you're not this little accountant. Because <laughs> nah, just you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I get it. But I think I I like that. There's yes. never. Do you understand? There has never been anybody in the history of hip hop like me, a black, white guy, who raps good. And it's polarizing. Amazing. sells millions of records and da 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 and all this other stuff. It's wow. People love me. People hate me. And I've just you know, excuse me. Once I had uh, once I had my my son, I really realized it. That shit doesn't matter, bro. Like people like you, people hate you. It you gotta yeah. It is what it is. Especially when I'm out here representing peace, love, and positivity, and that's it. So if somebody doesn't like my music or they don't like my personality or whatever. It's just like, who give fuck you? Like who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? And I think, uh, I think it'd be different if I was an asshole, if I was promoting like negativity and you know what I mean? and just like spewing shit, trying to get clicks and likes. That's just not who I am. I talk about the shit I like and you know, sometimes it might do well and sometimes it might not as far as views or, or sales or this or that, but that doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't move based on sales and views anymore. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: For me, hip hop has changed so much. I don't. Do you realize this that it was very rare to have anyone first of all that was white back when I was coming up. Yeah. I mean, it was Ad Rock. Mm. It was Third Base. Search. Search. Yeah. It was. Oof. It live was live
1: at the barbecue. MC Search. Classic. Oh, oh. dude. Nas. Anyway, but yeah. Bars.
0: Ah, uh, it was Vanilla. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Robbie Van and and then it was m but i mean it was like now there's so many i feel like hip hop is it's represented by so many people
1: yeah i i agree but there's still i think is are it's there still is like the cool kids table you know like the the tastemakers who kind of say what's cool and what isn't or this or that but um fuck them you know like i used to want to be accepted um who's by, at that table um it changes year to year it's just whoever's got sw- swinging the biggest dick, or who who's got the hottest podcast, or who's got the uh, hottest song, or this or that, whatever. And but it's a game that I don't play. I really wanted to be accepted by by so many people until I woke up one day and realized I truly only need to be accepted by myself and the people that I love. You know what I mean? Like, and so when I when I realized that 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 was a big thing, because then it's like okay, cool. It's like who cares? It's I I know it sounds like well duh, but having had really struggled with my identity. Well, not really my identity. I never struggled with my identity. Other people struggled with my identity. I think the fact that I'm so comfortable in my skin as a mixed-race person who raps and I'm funny and I did that, all this other shit, like, I'm comfortable, I think that makes other people uncomfortable. hmm I think how comfortable I am with myself, it really pisses people off or makes them angry or this or that, but way more than that, people love it. And people support it, and people. I think it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, talk about whatever. Yeah, you know, you will. You like I said, I the the little bit I know you, I think you're just a creative entity, and you're known for music. But there's a lot more things you're gonna do, and that you do that people haven't seen
1: yet. And it's coming. And then I I also realized too, because man, when I was like 28, it's like, bro. I released the number one New York Times best-selling book. I released, like, three fucking albums. Reunite got all Wu-Tang Clan on one song called Wu-Tang Forever. That's out. It's already been out. I did, like, so much stuff. Went to the Grammys, got nominated, won an MTV award, like, did all these things. And then I was like, and I want to act, and I'm writing scripts, and da 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 And the thing about film is that shit takes a while because it's, like, it's not like one guy who can sit in a room and make an album. Like, this is deep. This is a village of people. And when I realized that, um, I, I slowed down with it. And I and because I was working like I had six months to live. And I was, was like, bro, you're you're in your late 20s, like calm down. And even now at 33, when I think about where I'm going to be at 43 or 53, it's like I have so much time. I was at Seth MacFarlane's house and, um, you know, creator of Family Guy. And he was in Cleveland, Joe and American Dad and Ted and the Orville. And a lot of shit. Anyway, and I was like, uh, <laughs> he, we, we were doing a song because he sang on my, my new album, College Park, that just came out recently. And he um, sang, like, Sinatra on it, which is really, really cool. And it's like this, like, J. Dilla-type beat, like, in the pocket, but he's, like, really singing like a crooner, you know, like, in a really cool way. Yeah, he's a good singer. He's amazing. Yeah. And so he did that, and then after he did that, he was like, here, let me show you around. And I was like, okay, Seth. So he, like, takes me downstairs. First of all, these... Uh, the fact that this man has a basement downstairs in California was like, it's crazy. In Bel Air. Yeah. So it's crazy. I, so I go down, and this motherfucker has a nightclub in his house. Not a bar, a club. He's got like a little club. It's like a lounge in his thing. And the bar itself is crazy. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're just sitting at the bar, like the rat pack, and we're talking. And then he's like, you want to see my theater? I'm like, yeah, I want to see your theater. What you mean? Seth MacFarlane, that's what you gotta call super rich, famous people their whole name. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, Seth MacFarlane, bet. So we go into the IMAX. It's an IMAX theater, a hundred and fifty seat IMAX theater, red plush, classic Hollywood vibes, and I'm just like, you make me feel broke. <laughs> and he goes, you're young. Yeah. And it's like that right there. He's like, you you're gotta, young. You got, yeah. He's like, you got a lot to do. That's so funny. So then I was like, okay, cool. Bro,
0: let me tell you, if it's the same house, I've been there, but I've never been to the theater. So you're in, dog. That's yeah. he used to have good Oscar parties outside. Mm, and wow. It, wow, that's I think. Wow, I know he's got that piano. Yeah, he's up it, top. He's a cool guy, man. Great guy. Yeah, he's funny. Wow. So he's yeah, he's he's doing it right.
1: Doing it.
0: So you got so you you your story is nine kids. Your dad, I don't know if you're comfortable with this. No, I'm anything.
1: I'm I'm an open book. You
0: just, are both your parents still with us?
1: Yeah. My mom, I haven't spoken to her. I haven't seen her in uh, about 15 years. I haven't spoken to her in 12 years. Mm -hmm. She was very uh, mentally unstable. She's a broken person, you know, molested from childhood and then, you know, uh, just the wildest stuff happening to her. And the crazy shit is like my mom used to hit us with the N word with the hard R, her own children. She would say that to us. And And she's white. She's white. But it's really systemic. A lot of people, I would say that and they'd be like, that don't even make sense. Like on the Internet, they're like, that doesn't make sense. And in my mind, I'm like, I know it doesn't make sense. And I never tried to make it make make sense. This is just a, a, a sick, hurt person that that went that is obsessed with black men and all her children are with black men. And it all started when she was 14 years old and she brought a black boy home and her parents are like, we don't mix with their kind here. Mm-hmm. and that just like really fucked her up, you know. So it was like this systemic racism, but she lashed out against that because she found black people so beautiful and then she just she was just very mentally ill. So that was a difficult thing and I just couldn't allow somebody in my life. Like my mother, she used to use uh, forms of sleep deprivation on me as, as as a way to like, yeah, like she would make me stand all night and like anytime I would start to fall asleep, she would scream my name. Um uh, just the, just the wildest shit. But anyway, so her and my father um I was conceived out of wedlock so um they were never together never married and um my dad he I mean he stole my identity when I was young cuz we have the same name and he maxed out like my whole uh like ruined my credit and then uh yeah he would he would definitely you know he was stealing he was never there he was never in the, in the system uh excuse me in my in my life in my situation and my my dad 5 years ago so after he had me he got a vasectomy and then 30 years later or just under um actually knocked up this chick what did un did he get his tubes no. untied so now i have a 5 year old brother Well,
0: how did he do it if he had a vasectomy
1: man one in the chamber that's what the doctor said he still had one in the chamber or something i don't know but yeah 30 years later and that was that was wild to hear um but i had to put my dad out of my life I've, it's always been a, a like where i i have boundaries and i draw a line but he'll always cross them so i'll be like dad stop talking to me about music cuz my dad's an incredible musician you know he played in the, uh, the dc go go scene um you know crazy voice really amazing percussionist you know my my father he really taught me a lot about my heritage and my culture um through music when he was there <laughs> and when I, and that's wasn't a lot if i'm being honest but over 18 years, it was it was a decent amount. But, you know, he asked me for like a million dollars a couple of years ago. He's like, I need a million dollars. I said, for what? He goes, I need a million dollars for for a house. I said, you want me to buy you a house? He's like, yeah, I need a million dollars for a house for me and my band. <laughs> I'm like, yo, chill. And I just asked him, like, please don't ask me for money. Mm-hmm. Like, where's my child support? Where's my back child support, motherfucker? How about that? Why don't you give me $180,000 that you owed me for 18 years? How about that? You know? Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, son, okay. And then I remember um, one of the last times as well, like, he's like, I need a truck. And he's just asking me to buy him all this shit. And so I put him out of my life. And then recently, you know, having my child, he never met his grandson. Mm-hmm. And my, my father's 68 years old, and he's done a hell of a lot of hard drugs. And I just had thought about it and thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna do it one more time. So a week ago, I flew my dad out, and we really connected. And the first thing he did was ask me for money. <laughs> Come
0: on! Man. No, literally,
1: the Yo. first thing he did was ask me for money.
0: Bro, I'm sitting. Here. I'm so into
1: this story. He asked me for a truck. Oh, oh God! He asked me for a truck, and he asked me for money, and he asked me to pay all his bills. What and was the number? A lot. Jesus and Christ. The thing is, is I told my dad, I said, daddy, everybody thinks it's weird. I call my dad, daddy. I don't know why. But anyway, so right. I was like, I was like, daddy, listen, I love you. But why are you asking me this? And I said, every other time you've ever done this to me, I'm like calling the booking agent, like send his ass back, get the fuck out of here. like da, 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 Like every time a line has been drawn. But, you know, the reason I decided to let my dad back in my life this time is because there's a version of me at 50 years old. Right. You know. Um, that his dad is dead and has been dead probably for a while. And, um, he's a little disappointed that his younger self didn't have the wisdom to try again. And, um, I thought about that and I was like, man, I should do that. So I flew him out and instead of getting all angry when he asked me for money this time, I just said, dad said, Daddy, why do you always ask me for money when I clearly ask you don't do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a fucking bank, man. And he goes, I don't know. And I go, that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather that than some bullshit. And so I kind of broke it down to him. I said, Dad, I know you've ran around and said that I ain't shit because I don't help the family. I know you've said that. And he goes, yeah, I've said that. And I go, I know. You say, you say that I ain't shit because I don't help nobody and... I know there's other members of the family that say I ain't shit because I don't help anybody. And I go, but I've given thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to my brothers and sisters, and they've blown it. Some of them did good with it. But it's shit like, oh, I got arraignment, I need shit for court, can you help me with my fees, da-da-da, running around in the street, still selling drugs, still doing this-da-da. Or, you know, my sister's not fucking paying their gas bill with the money they get from the government because they're buying maybe drugs or something with it, and they're calling me, like, da-da-da, and I'm paying that, I'm paying that, I'm paying that. And then there's just a point where it's like, yo, I can't give you this money because you're literally blowing it. And so I said to my dad, I was like, dad, I have helped this family, and- There are some that I haven't because they kind of did that to themselves. But think about it, Dad. Everybody's looking at it like, oh, logic, Bob is rich. So that means I got to pay for a house for you, a house for my mom, a house for my two twin brothers, They're twins, a house for my two sisters on my dad's side, a house for my brother on my mom's side, a house for my two sisters on my mother's side. Oh, not to mention the five year old little brother, Ashton. You know, so chamber. Te- technically I don't need a yeah, a chamber. I don't need he doesn't need a house, but that's nine people. Now let's also talk about the fact that I've I, I said I'll send any of my nieces and nephews to a college and I'm a man of my word. And and one of my nieces who made it through, she is on, coming up on her last year of college. Her name is Deja, and I couldn't be more proud of her, and I love her. So this means I need to buy houses for all of y'all. Now do the math on that. <laughs> now let's just say I get you a decent home for five hundred thousand dollars. That's four and a half million. Now let's not forget state tax. Let's not forget. Uh, let's not forget. Um, uh, what's it called? Just like for owning the land, uh, property tax. Let's not forget who's going to be paying everybody's gas bills, everybody's electric bills, everybody's water bill. Oh, and don't get me started. Everybody's got to eat. So I got to pay for everybody's food every month, not to mention I also got to buy a car for everyone, right? Cuz everybody needs a car. And don't forget, cars take gas. Bro, I could go on and on <laughs> and on. Did these
0: people ever lift a finger?
1: Now, oh, I don't do that. I know you don't. I'm saying I if I was going to take care of my entire family, and let's not forget that all my brothers and sisters, I didn't even talk about the fact that their kids are all adults. So then that's, multiply how many houses I got to buy. Multiply. And that's a hard thing that most people don't understand. They just look at you and go, oh, you're paid. But the fact of the matter is, is if I had to take care of all my entire family, I would be broke. hmm And so I said this to my dad. And he goes, you want to know what he said exactly? He says, yeah, nigga, you're not wrong. <laughs> he looks me in my face and says it. And I say, well, thanks, dad. And he goes, but can you help me out? I swear to God (laughs) So We had this amazing conversation Me and my father And I said It's your dream to make music Right He said yeah It's it's my biggest dream It's what I love I said "All right, dad I want to I want to make an album together I want to make a project together And I want you to sing on some of the songs And my, my brothers were in town too My older brothers They're twins Ralph and John And I was like I want them to rap on some of the songs. And I want you to earn your money. And I'm going to pay you. I'm going to buy you a truck. I'm going to give you publishing and educate you on what it means to make music and be a part of the music business. And I'm not going to hand you a fucking dollar. I'm going to educate you and you're going to see publishing for the rest of your life. Because the biggest thing that my dad said, he was like, it's just your little brother. I want to leave a legacy for your little brother and his mom. And I said... I really understood it. And so he's going to have publishing all over one of these next albums that I'm doing. And he's going to earn every cent. And all, half of all the money is going to be in my little brother's name. And 50% of that is going to go into a trust that nobody can touch. Not even my father. Not even me. Until that boy is 18 years old. And then the other 50% can go towards bills or whatever the fuck my dad wants to buy. So I just started looking at it in that way where it's like, okay. I'm not going to enable you. I'm not going to give you this. I'm going to help you help yourself. And it's the first time I've ever taken this approach. And at 33 years old, I'm happy that I could come to that conclusion. Dude.
0: (laughs) That is unbelievable. That's literally teach a man to fish. You know the parable, right? Yeah, for sure. You know,
1: so it's a, it's a weird thing, but, I mean, I got a oh man. We, and then that night, we made, like, five songs.
0: <laughs> I, and we
1: never made music together, ever, me and my dad. Dude,
0: it's so crazy because we're talking, and I was like, yo, can you go do my pod?" And you're like, I'm going to, and then you're like, I'm reconnecting with my dad. And I was like, do your thing, do your yeah. thing. And then you would send me these pictures of you and your dad. I mean, it looked like you were having a
1: great time. I, I did. For the first time in my life, I had, I, had, I had just such a great time with my father. You know, because this is also... It's just like. Did scene. you make
0: the songs already?
1: Yeah, you already made the songs. Yeah, I play some of them. They're amazing, and like he they're really sings a rap, singing. And my brothers are rapping. Did you know they could rap? Yeah, I used to. They used to be. I wanted to be like them. I was the little kid. I was nine, ten. They was like. That's when I smoked weed for the first time. And and are they are they their life together? Or no. Yeah, they they yes. Actually, I'm really proud of of those two because one is an exterminator, uh, and the other one is a maintenance man, and they they work they work. But they got skills. Oh yeah, they're dope. I'll play it for you. It's really, actually, really beautiful. Like I'm so, and I already have the album cover. It's my father as a little boy, in the 1950s, 60s. It's incredible, bro. It's like really, it just was a eureka moment because it was like, you know what? And I think if I'm being honest too, it makes me really happy because you know I get such slack racially. Like everybody's just always trying to shit on me about, oh you're not black or you're not this, whatever. And none of that shit really matters. But my my big thing is is that I never wanted to extort or excuse me, uh, not extort, um, exploit my blackness or my family or my friends. Like, I've never been the guy that's like, okay, all the black guys get behind me and make me look more black. And Like, I've just never been that way. And I think at 33 years old, I was making moves based on how other people would perceive me. Oh, they're just going to think I'm only using that to try to prove. and And now it's just like, bro, I could give a fuck. My family's black. I'm black. My dad's black. And I love them. And I want y'all to see them. And I don't want to try to hide them because I, I just, I'm really proud of who I am. So, uh, with that being said, yeah, man, we fucking shit up. It was a blast.
0: It's incredible because you give him publishing. I mean, you oh, literally yeah. was teaching him how to do it.
1: And he still doesn't even fully understand it. And I'm like, don't worry, daddy. Like, I'm going to teach you everything. Like, you're going to know. And your son is going to know. My little brother is going to know. and the family's going to know and and i i think i hope it doesn't stop here cuz there's there's a lot of siblings that i don't talk to and mm. it's because of it's because i didn't give people handouts or they were just kind of talking shit or they were just still in that um, negative space you know what i mean like i just i don't care who you are like they you know they say like oh family's everything family's everything like and it is and i get that but it's like bro my mother like mentally fucked me up bro like so bad well, she actually didn't, but the things that she put me through were just insane. Like, I'd, I'd walk in the, in the uh, you know, living room, and she's wailing over, like, three graves that she made. And she's like, these, I'm having a funeral for my aborted children. Like, crazy shit. Like, wild. Yeah, my mom, she was, like, super into Jesus, but she was the type to be like, don't you ever take the Lord's name in vain. God damn it, you motherfucker. Like, that was my mom. Um, and I say none of this to bash her. I say none of this to bash my family. I'm just telling y'all the truth. And the funny thing is a lot of the times what I've heard from family is like, why are you going to put our business out there? Why are you going to say that I did that? And it's like, why'd you do it? Mm-hmm. That's the real question. Why did you do that to a little boy? Why did you, you know what I'm saying? Like, why was I beaten? Why was I drugged? Why was I treated like shit? I, I don't know. Why did my mom split my fucking stepdad's head open? His fucking brains were like wild shit, yeah, like, why Why did I have to witness my mother get pulled down the stairs naked and bleeding by the police? Why did I have to, I mean, I could go on and on, bro, of the stuff that I've been through, and instead of holding animosity and anger towards these people, I just step back and I go, I'm just gonna tell my story and understand that a lot of these people were broken and hurt, and um, all I can do is is send them my love, that's it. And I've tried to talk to my mother over the years, over the last decade plus, plus. And there's every time I do, like, somebody's like, Don't do it, Bob. A brother, a sister. It's like she's still fucking wild. She's hurt. She's crazy. She's going through a lot. And a year ago, I was like, fuck that, man. I want to talk to my mom. I want to talk to her and I want to try to find a a good ground. Um And so I asked my brother, I said, Man, can you can you tell mom I really want to talk to her? And he said, Uh, okay. And he calls me the next day, and he goes, "Mom said if you want to talk to her, you can write her a letter." <laughs> I said, "What the fuck is this? 1872?" Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. And yeah, so that that's just the type of person. So
0: uh, she knows your success and everything. She's capable, of understanding. Yeah, she that. knows,
1: but I don't think she, I don't think she knows truly to the extent. But I think she, she knows what. So up.
0: she didn't even want to talk to you. She mm-hmm. said, "Write her a letter." Yeah. And does she live somewhere in that area yeah, where you grew up? Maryland. Yeah, she's where I grew up.
1: It's crazy, man. It's wild. But once again, this is what a does hurt she person. talk to?
0: Your family? wise no,
1: no, just mainly just my brother Jesse will talk to her, but nobody really talks to her. Like because she also she likes to end relationships before someone else can. You know what I mean? And that's that's what hurt people do as well. So, uh, but she's 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 been through a lot, man. But it, the the uh, the only unfortunate thing about my mother is like the shit that she would tell me. You know, I'm like six, and she goes, "When a man rapes you." I'm like, what? Not mm. if. <laughs> like, She's like, when he rapes you, as he's entering you, you have to scream as loud as you can that you have AIDS, and then maybe he'll stop. And I'm just like, bitch, can I finish watching SpongeBob? What the fuck? Like, in my mind, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, oh, dude. I mean, she told me about seven or eight years old how um, she was held down by two men and sodomized as a uh, uh, butcher knife was... Over a stove until it was piercing red, hot red, and they held it to her neck and took turns and all this shit. And I'm like eight, wild shit, bro. And this is just like the surface. You know what I'm saying? So Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's a it's it's crazy. Actually, we just lost Pepsi as a sponsor. <laughs> 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 That's funny.
0: That's I'm into- oh like, I'm so sorry. It's just like. No,
1: I'm not. I'm not sorry because I don't know how the hell I'm here. A lot of people ask me, how, how? I'm like, I don't fucking know. But I don't need to know. That's the other thing. I don't need to know. You, you don't need- come out insane. Like, what a winner. Yeah, but most people don't know that. They're yeah, And They know. just see Logic, the rapper who always talks about being black, and blah, 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 and they, but they don't know my story. And the funny thing is, is I've just been sitting here trying to tell them my story, but they don't want to listen. So I'm like, cool, don't listen. I'm going to talk to the people who do want to listen and just focus on positivity. That's my biggest thing.
0: I understand why you'd want to do that now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, your mother, I hope she gets help. Because yeah. I have people in my family that have their own issues, but not like that. Your mother has seen
1: the darkest of this planet. No, nah, for sure. And that's just the, bro, that's just the surface. which is crazy. You know, so when I think about my childhood and I think about how abused I was, I look at my son who fills me with just joy. And I'm like, how could have how could anybody have done what happened to me to a child like this? I could never do that to my little three year old boy or have him experience those things. It's really um, it's actually really beautiful because it lets me know that I'm a good dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a good dad. I'm fucking killing it. You know? I don't got it all figured out. I'm not perfect. I will fail. I will fuck up. I will fall down. Just like every great father before me. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I look at that and, and it makes me really happy. My little boy. And my wife. And my relationship with my wife. And, you know, I'm lucky if t- enough to have found a, uh, an amazing woman who knows uh knows me. And I don't need anybody else to know me. She, she, It's just her. You know what I mean? I think that's one thing that's really been weird traversing this next chapter in my life. Because this is more than rap. I'm always going to do rap. I love rap. But this right here is my future. Like doing podcasts, being a personality, being myself, being, you know, whether it's film, television, this, that. Whether whether it's my own podcast. like Which I want to do. That's my future. And by doing that. I'm also realizing that, you know, all the years that I was doing music, it was, oh, his music's lame, his music da 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 There's a lot of people who loved it, but what I'm saying is the critique was always about the music. And now that I'm coming out as a person and, and kind of saying, hey, world, this is deeper than just the music, because as I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't want to rap forever. I will rap, and I love it, but I don't want that to be the bread and butter. I'd rather use this. Then slaving away and t- on, you know, doing all this, all this stuff, and now I'm just starting to see that it's not really about the music anymore. Now, now, the, any critique I get is actually about me personally. Mm-hmm. So, by people who don't know me, never shook in my hand a day in the life. So I'm like navigating that in real time, and I'm actually also being very open and honest and vulnerable about it. And a lot of people will be like, "Oh, it's clearly getting to him," or "da da da," or whatever. And it's like, no, it, it really did get to me, and. I'm figuring out how to navigate that because at the end of the day, the biggest thing I've learned is not everybody's going to like you and it's okay that it hurts when people say negative shit. Like I used to get so angry at myself when it hurt when somebody goes, oh, you're not this or you're that or you're that. And I was like, why does it hurt? And then I woke up one day. I was like, bro, it hurts because you're a sensitive, emotional human being. It is okay that it hurts, but what you are in control of, Bobby, is how long you let it hurt and how much you let it hurt you. And when I realized that, now if I so happen to, because I'm not on the internet either. So if I so happen to c- come across a comment or hear somebody said something negative about me, now it's just more like, oh, well, fuck them.
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you're not on the internet. You. What do you mean? You don't ever look at shit? Yeah, I haven't been on the internet
1: in five years. But it's funny, though, because. But, you, but you're on the gram. No, I'm not. My team is on the ground. You agree? Okay, that's so not you. That's not me. No. Wow. But it comes from me. So what I do is I have a thread and I send a video, I send a picture, and I say here's the caption, and then that's it. And then occasionally, mainly on TikTok, I'll go into some of the comments and respond to to fans and and stuff like that. So and sometimes Twitter, but I'll like consciously go out of my way to be like I'm not looking at any of that other stuff i'm just here to serve the fan who who loves me and appreciates me so i'm going to respond to them and focus on that um because we just it's inherent in us to to focus on the negativity um and i think i did that for a long time and that's honestly why i've been talking about it so much in different podcasts and um and and in general because this world that we're living in it's not just the 1% it's not just the famous people that are getting shit on on the internet all the time it's like Faceless, nameless people that are um, lashing out and reaching out to anybody that they can connect with, and 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 try to hurt because they themselves have been hurt or are hurting. And so the fact that I know this and I realize that, I love to do the do du- take the time and due diligence to let people know, like you're not alone. Look at me. Oh, excuse me. Goddamn, sound like thunder. Sound like fucking Raiden from Mortal Kombat. It's like, look at me. Deep cut. Deep cut. I. You're not alone. I go through shit too, but I think the difference between between me and 99% of other people and rappers in the spotlight is uh, I'm not scared to talk about it. I've talked about getting molested, talked about experimenting when I was 12 years old, jerk my friend off, he jerked me off, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I like girls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I knew it. You know, these different things about finding yourself as an adolescence and all that, like I used to be so terrified to talk about it, and now I'm happy as ever to, to be myself. You're an open book. I try to be, yeah.
0: You really are, bro. Thank you. Uh, if this means anything to you, I want to let you know I never hear negativity about you. I, yeah, never,
1: I, I never hear it either. I know you're
0: not, but I hear that you're one of the dopest lyricists. <laughs> Thank you. Bars for years. Appreciate that. Uh, the music is hype. Like, out of the new class, I always hear that, like, you're top of the fucking
1: heap. I am. Yeah, and, and I'm treated as such, and my tours sell as such, and my yeah. music does what it does. So
0: I don't hear this like oh half you know Oreo cookie or <laughs> hack
1: rapper. I never hear any of that shit.
0: Yeah, it's because I have heard that about
1: some people. I'm not yeah. going to name. No, it's a it's a loud minority. So it's yes. a, it's a loud minority. That's really all it is. It's yeah, a, it's a talking point. I'm so, I'm so polarizing. Like uh, like a buddy of mine told me yesterday that everybody on the internet right now is really mad that. I said the word nigga with my dad. So I'm mm. like, with my dad. This is how, that's how I speak, bro. By the
0: way, you um, said two right on this podcast. Yeah, I, I did. Boom. Bam. But it's up to, you know.
1: No, I don't you. give a fuck. This yeah. is who I am. This is what it is. I'm not just, I'm not an idiot. It's Are like you I'm
0: 51%? <laughs> that's the question. We need I, to know. I am 100% half black. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I am 100% 50%. But it's just so funny because it's like I'm in a video with my father. Yeah, and like that's how my dad talks to me. That's how I talk to my dad. That's how my brothers talk to me. That's how I grew up. That it just is what it is. And then I guess people on the internet were upset that I'm in a video with my black father mm-hmm. using this word, and they're angry. And everybody has an opinion about it. You what know? were they saying? Your dad, because I'm Philly. Your dad's more Baltimore. Actually, he was born in Pennsylvania. Yeah,
0: your dad's an OG. Yeah, he's a homie. Like he he smoked. Yeah, hit the Newports. He, yes, crush the menthol, not the crush. But he you on know the, what's he's, up. Okay, he's so on the I know your pops. You know what I mean. I grew yeah. up with, with yeah, people yeah, like sure. your pops. So you're on there, you're chopping it up, and people are now coming for you.
1: Um, yeah, but cool. it's like you got to understand, bro. It's like, what are you gonna cancel me for being black? Yeah, it's exactly. Like you can't
0: cancel me <laughs> for being black. <laughs> Yo, bro. I'm just being real, but it's like a hunting. Yeah, but bro, whatever. Let me ask you a question because.